Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin, your host of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. Hope you're checking out SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Hope you're checking out FansFirstSports.com, as well as our FFSN NFL content on our podcast platform. Search FFSN space NFL anywhere you get your podcast. You can hear me, Brian Davis, a whole slew of other hosts, and doing some more NFL-based content. Give that a Give it a shot. I, I'm really proud of the content we're producing over there across the board. Uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts, the news of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, I do want to announce the SCN T-shirt giveaway, a Victory Monday giveaway winner. That would be none other than Tyler Snavely. Tyler Snavely randomly selected from all those people that reposted and liked and followed all the appropriate accounts. Tyler Snavely, you have won the shirt. And you'll be hearing from me via the Steel Curtain Network uh, Twitter feed. I'll send you a message. I'll need to know some minute details, and we'll get you that gift certificate so you can, or gift card, whatever you want to call it, uh, to get yourself a free T-shirt courtesy of the Steel Curtain Network. So there you go. Congratulations, Tyler. Let's talk about some news. And I want to actually start, this is going to be kind of backwards for some of our shows, but I want to start with the injury report. Now, the Steelers play on Saturday, so normally we don't have an injury report to talk about on Wednesday morning, but they are practicing on Tuesday. Therefore, we do have the first injury report here on Wednesday morning. Let's go over this. Kenny Pickett, we'll talk about him in a second, was a full participant with his ankle. Trenton Thompson, Najee Harris, Isaac Sayamalu, and Cam Hayward were all limited. Uh, Trenton Thompson with his neck injury, Najee with a knee, Isaac Sayamalu with a shoulder, Cam Hayward with a groin. Two players didn't practice. Minka Fitzpatrick with his knee and Alandon Roberts with his pectoral. Uh, i got to be honest. I do not see Minka coming back and playing in this game. It is early. Things can change. But he's a guy that typically, you know, you want to see him back a little bit. And the Steelers, will. I think Trenton Thompson is more likely to return to the lineup than Minka Fitzpatrick, Alandon Roberts. Again, any type of pectoral injury is going to be difficult. So I'm not sure. I'm not sold on any of those guys in particular playing uh before we get to the quarterback that we just mentioned as a full participant on the on the uh injury report i want to mention that tj watt was named the most valuable player for the pittsburgh steelers by his peers in 2023 it's the fourth time that he has won the most valuable player award for the pittsburgh steelers Uh, i think that might be a record i don't know i'll have to go back and check i know that in recent years i think antonio brown won it three times uh, we'll see. I'll go back and do some digging there and see if that's the most. But the fourth time TJ Watt stood up in front of the media, answered questions, said how proud he is that, you know, he works really hard for his teammates to see that and for them to vote for him. He is appreciative. Shockingly, this is not what people are talking about. Uh, people aren't talking about TJ Watt winning the MVP. People aren't even talking about the potential playoff berth that's on the line this Sunday. And I say Sunday because that's when the Steelers are going to need teams to win if they beat the Ravens on Saturday. They're not talking about that either. They're talking about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, this is on, I guess it was Monday afternoon when this news broke. Now, I'll be honest, the the person that broke the story, that at least the most prominent person is Mark Madden. Mark Madden is a 105.90X person. You might have heard him on Tim Benz uh, does a Madden Monday every Monday, and Tim Benz is a part of the Fans for Sports Network. His podcast resides there. So that's where this all started. 
to get that out of the way right out of that. So maybe you don't know what the rumor is. It's, could happen. And the rumor is essentially that last week, leading up to the Seattle game, Kenny Pickett was cleared. And when he found out that he was not going to be the starting quarterback, he told the Steelers, then I'm not even dressing. Don't even dress me. I'm not the backup. I'm not a backup quarterback. I'm the starting quarterback. And so they made him a healthy scratch. So I reached out to some of my sources and people that I know within that area and that realm. Everyone kind of came back with a, I don't know if I'm buying all this stuff, but no one really came back with a resounding. Yeah, that's, that's not what happened. Everyone also said, let's see what happens this weekend. For instance, if Kenny Pickett, maybe this was, I don't know. I'm not really buying this rumor personally. Maybe Kenny Pickett, if he if he is out there and he's dressed and he's a quarterback too on Saturday in Baltimore, then maybe he's the guy that in this is all just fabricated because he was cleared late. Mike Tomlin said it was because of snaps and practice, whatever. Everyone's going to have their own theory on it. But I I wrote the article when Kenny Pickett met with media on Tuesday, and he said right out of the right out of the gate before he took questions, he said, "Look, this isn't true." He outlined what happened last week. Some people are buying it. Some people aren't. And so I wrote the article for SteelCurtainNetwork.com, and I used on Twitter, I used, I said, you know, Kenny responds, but is the damage already done? And boy, a lot of people, because I use the word damage, they were like, Jeff, this is a fabricated story. I, I like your content. I love your coverage, but I, I don't believe, I don't buy this using the word damage. It's like, okay, just one word. I get it. To me, the damage was not done. It's more from a fan perspective. It's more from the fan base, probably not. I don't I don't want to say revolt. That's not the correct word. But there's a lot of fans out there that are probably seeing this and saying, oh, man, this is a really bad look. And if it was true, and if it is true, which we don't know, it is a bad look. It's a really bad look. Because Kenny Pickett, up until this point, has done nothing negative. Uh, outside of maybe some poor play, he's never once bashed a coach. He's never once bashed a teammate. He's never been had a sideline tantrum or anything like that. Uh, everything that he's done has been pretty much team first leader. That, that That's kind of the thought process. So Kenny Pickett does respond to rumors, says that they're unfounded. Some believe it, some don't. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But during this time, I kept on thinking about all these rumors that are happening. And I just, I couldn't get this thought out of my head. And it was, it's a, it's a saying, it's a saying that I grew up seeing on television a lot. And it's like saying through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. Now I know that there's a large portion of my listening audience that hears that and has no idea what I'm talking about. And that is the soap opera days of our lives. Now, let me tell you a little background on, on Jeff Hartman, the youth, <laughs> Jeff Hartman, the pre-kindergarten Jeff Hartman. So I used to be sent, it was a church. Uh, I got sent to pre-K there and it was a half day and friend of the family would drop me off at my great grandmother's house afterwards. And every single day that I had school, I got dropped off and I went into her living room. She would make me lunch and I would sit on the ground and she would sit in her rocking chair or easy chair and we would watch days of our lives. And I remember this vividly and it was it was incredible how you got to know the characters and you got to know the storylines and all this stuff. And there were some really good episodes. There were some bad episodes where people they thought died and all this stuff. And I kept on thinking, uh, come back to 2023 now, man, the Steelers are like the greatest soap opera in professional sports right now, at least for the fan base. And we've had a lot of those throughout the years. If Some people might not view these as soap operas, 
but they are because they keep you coming back. You love the storylines. You want to know what happens next. Let me give you some of these from the 90s. Like Beverly Hills 90210 was not a fan, but it, it existed. Nor was I a fan of Melrose Place, but a lot of people loved that show. Then you got into like when I was in high school, we're talking, uh, you know, late 90s, Dawson's Creek with James Vanderbeek. And then you could even go into the early 2000s with Friday Night Lights, not the movie, the TV show. It was a freaking soap opera. That that show was as much about football as some of these movies that claim to be football movies that are not. So all those all those shows that I just mentioned, including the soap operas like the uh, the like <laughs> Sand Through the Hourglass, Days of Our Lives. It just they keep people coming back because they they love that drama. They love the you don't know what's going to happen next because it's crazy. The Steelers are a soap opera, and boy are they are an, an intriguing soap opera this year. When you think about the 2023 season, I mean, let's recap here. This is both good and bad. You had the perfect preseason. I mean, the perfect preseason. That was great. Everyone loved watching that. That was entertaining. I mean, come on. Everything went well. This is exactly what we wanted to see from Kenny Pickett in year two, George Pickens. You name it, it was great. Then all of a sudden, there were some struggles. Offense doesn't come out (laughs) out of the gate strong. Neither does the defense. The San Francisco just runs the table on them. Injuries start piling up. Cam Hayward has a stint on IR. So does Minka Fitzpatrick. You start seeing some of these pieces leaving via injury. Then there's the Matt Canada stuff. Oh, Matt Canada getting bashed out of the, he's getting bashed. He gets moved down to the sideline. And then all of a sudden things kind of look better, but then he gets fired. Oh my gosh. Like the back and forth with Matt Canada was definitely worth the price of admission, but it doesn't stop there. You have the whole George Pickens, not blocking George Pickens, giving up on plays, George Pickens sulking during a play on the field. You have Deontay Johnson, not going after a fumble. Deontay Johnson not catching the ball prior to that and sulking about it. You have sideline tantrums. Najee Harris refusing to talk to the media, saying that, you know, he has nothing good to say. He's going to say nothing. And that's a lot. What I just said is a lot. But that's not it either. It continues. Quarterback controversy. You have Kenny Pickett goes out of the lineup with an ankle injury. He's good, has to have surgery. Then you have Mitch Trubisky, who's replaced in this quarterback shuffling with Mason Rudolph. Kenny Pickett is healthy now. Mason Rudolph's still the quarterback. You have the rumors of Kenny Pickett. You have the team bouncing back after some really bad losses, three straight losses to the Cardinals, to the Patriots, and to the Colts. And the Steelers bounce back. They get some help. And now all of a sudden, they're one win away from a 10-7 and season. And then a little bit of help of getting into the playoffs is maybe the 6th or the 7th seed. Is that enough? I mean, I feel like Gladiator at this point. Are you not entertained? I mean, this is exactly what the Steelers are. They're a soap opera. They are a soap opera. And Kenny Pickett on his own feels like his own, it's his own show. His soap opera, and it's not anything that he's done. I said this at the beginning of the show. I'll say it again. Nothing that Kenny Pickett has done has said, look at me, I'm Mr. Negative Nancy or anything like that. No, he's been a very good teammate throughout all of this through the preseason where everything was perfect, through now the the, the trials and tribulations that he's going through now, nothing about him as an individual has screamed like what has happened with some of his teams. You talk about George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. He's done none of it. Yet Kenny Pickett remains his own soap opera. So if the Steelers in 2023 or Beverly Hills 90210 
Then Kenny Pickett is Melrose Place by himself, not because he needs it, not because he wants it, but because it's the way the fans treat him. They find him polarizing. You have the people that hate him because they don't think he was worthy of a first-round pick. Everyone else had passed on him up until pick number 20. You have the people that said they didn't like him when he was at Pitt, whether it's the small hands that he wears gloves, the eye test, that doesn't matter. There's people that hate the guy. There's people that hate the guy. And then there's the staunch supporters. We've talked about these two camps a lot on this podcast. Then there's the people that they will stick by his side through thick, through thin, no matter what. There's people now that are saying they hope he gets traded and he can go somewhere and succeed because they want to see Kenny Pickett succeed and they don't think he's going to be able to do it in Pittsburgh. Look, whatever. It just adds to this, these, all these layers of drama. The Steelers are drama. Don't forget, Jesse James once compared the Steelers to the Kardashians. I can see why. I can see why. I think it's it's a lot of the way the media handles the team. It's the way the team handles the media. It's it's just it's in, it's incredible. It is incredible. But I got to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm here for this. I'm here for this. I mean, my gosh, this is this is entertainment. You know, a lot of times people will ask me what I do for a living. They'll ask me kind of what exactly, like how would I describe what I do in terms of podcasting and writing? Is it, I, I'm kind of in the entertainment business. My job is to entertain you, the listener. My job is to cover the team, but it's also to keep you entertained. If I came on this podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, and it was boring and bland, you would never come back and listen again. So therefore, I'm not entertaining you. I'm entertained by the Steelers. And therefore, I I find my job is to entertain you, the listener. And they are entertaining. Say what you want. And some people might love it to be a little bit more boring. I'm here for this. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. But man, the Steelers, they are the best soap opera out there right now. The best soap opera out there right now. Okay, I don't want to spend too much time. I'm sure we're going to have some questions about this in the second half of the mailbag. Let's update our DEFCON levels before we take a break. Quarterback goes up one. Quarterback goes up one to three. Remember, five is phenomenal. One is awful. They're at three. Mason Rudolph continuing to make plays from the pocket, showing patience and accuracy. I like the way they're trending. Quarterbacks is at a three. Wide receivers and tight ends stay at a three. George Pickens had some phenomenal catches. Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth finally got into the mix, but they're staying at a three after last week. Running backs go up one. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren had phenomenal games. They they total 1,000 scrimmage yards each after that game. But just in that one game, they ran the ball hard. They ran it with – there was a physical nature to the run game. Love to see it. They're up one to three. The offensive line, I mentioned the, the running game paving the way. That comes from up front, the big guys up front. They definitely get upgraded to a three. So when you look at this, I've upgraded the entire offense to threes on the DEFCON. It's a, it's a far cry from there was one point, I think it was after the New England Patriots Thursday night game and then compounded by the Indianapolis Colts loss. A lot of these were ones, and now they're three. So they're trending in the right direction. I like that. Next, let's go to defense. Defensive backs are a two. They stay there. They're just so banged up. You know, they're just so banged up. It's difficult to give them any type of boost. They stay at a two. Inside linebacker goes up one to a three. Miles Jack looks like the Miles Jack we saw at the beginning of last season. Michael Walker's not having to do it all. Therefore, it seems to be working right now. If they can get a Landon Roberts back, that would be huge. Outside linebacker, they stay at a three. You know, Nick Herbig, I was going to have him at a four. Nick Herbig goes in, has that one play. I just found this out right, no, shortly before I recorded. Looked at the snap counts. He got two defensive snaps. Two. 
Now, when the Steelers have 15 more minutes of time of possession, you don't expect the defense to be out there a lot. But the guy makes plays. I feel like you got to get him out there a little bit more than two. I feel like the Steelers have to do something. And I know you don't want to pull TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith off the field. But Nick Herbig gets two snaps. That's it on defense, not counting special teams. Two defensive snaps. Come on now. Outside linebacker stays at a three. The defensive line remains at a two. Uh, they did get gashed a couple times. It was good to see Larry Ogunjobi stepping up, making some plays. Keanu Benton remains uh, heading in the right direction in terms of his overall trajectory. Liked what I saw on the defensive front. Special teams goes up one to three. Presley Harvin didn't have to punt much. That's great. Uh, Chris Boswell made his kicks. Still really frustrated with the short kickoffs. I still don't think that's by design. Nonetheless, or I, I think it is by design, so therefore I don't like the decision to do that. Kick it out of the end zone, make teams start at the 25. For the fan DEFCON levels, which was at a one, I was telling everyone to guard the bridges. No, it is up to a three now. It has gone up every single win. It's gone up one. So heading into this game against the Ravens on Saturday, the Steelers fan DEFCON is at three which is up one. So good for them. Uh, let's hope that continues to trend in that direction. All right. In the second half, we have the mailbag. Y'all asked a lot of questions. I've got a lot of answers. We'll be right back after this break. Steeler fans, welcome back. It is time for the mailbag segment. Every Wednesday, in case you don't know, is when I answer your questions. And you might be listening maybe for the first time. You wonder, how do I get my question answered? What you have to do is you go to my Twitter feed at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And every Tuesday morning, I think it was around 8 o'clock on Tuesday, I put out a tweet with a gift that's funny to me. I used Anchorman uh, when he, uh, he used 60% of the time. It works every time was the gift I used. Uh, you just ask the question and I'll, I'll, I'll respond. So there you go. Let's get this thing started with believers. He did. He said, let's add to the quarterback drama, the ride or die crew poll going into training camp next year. I think the quarterback one should be the options were Kenny Mason draft free agent or trade. As of right now, th only three votes. I'll have to retweet this to see if we can get those uh, voting numbers up. But everyone said Kenny is who they think should be the quarterback one next season. Let's go to Jeff Coons. Our buddy up North spells his name incorrectly, but that's okay. He said 60% of the time it works every time. That sounded like Matt Canada discussing another jet sweep on third and long. And are Miles Jack, Eric Rowe, Chandon Sullivan, and Trenton Thompson earning consideration for re-signing with the team due to their play in this small sample? You remember, after the season's over, whenever that is, the Steelers will be able to sign players to future contracts. I think that if, they, if they're smart, they want to sign someone like Eric Rowe. He still has a desire to play. Chandon Sullivan has played better than a lot of people expected after his year in Minnesota last year. Trenton Thompson absolutely has deserved a futures contract when that roster goes from 53 to 90. Give these guys an opportunity if they want it. Miles Jack, yes. If he wants to play still, that's the question. He might be done. He might say this is my last run at it, and that's fine. But if he wants to play, I'd love to have him back. Let's go to Eric Cole. How could this coaching staff miss so big on Mitch over Mason? I understand on Kenny over Mason. Just feel like Rudolph should have gotten a start after the Cardinals games or definitely after New England. That has been a major criticism of Mike Tomlin recently. People are saying, 
I don't understand how he stuck with Mitch as long as he did. And I, I get it. And, and hindsight is always 2020. I, I don't know. Cause it, what's weird for me is, you know, this past training camp preseason, all the reports were Kenny Pickett looked phenomenal, but everyone else that was there that I read reports from or talked to that were there in person said Mason Rudolph's the next best quarterback on the roster. No one said Mitch. A part of me feels like the, the Steelers, the organization, the coaching staff, they had invested so much money into Mitch Trubisky that they felt that they had to keep him on the roster. They had to keep him as the QB too. I don't believe it. Or I don't buy that because I, 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 let me rephrase that. I actually do buy that because I followed the Steelers close enough that they do stuff like that. Sometimes I just wish they would have been willing to change a little bit sooner. It is what it is. Haskins QB one said, Hey Jeff, hopefully I'm not too late to make the show. You're not, but it, it was just announced that Brad Allen and his crew will be the refs for the game against the Ratbirds. with everything at stake for us to win this game. I feel like he will cost us the game. Now, for those that don't know, I urge you to go check out the NFL whip around podcast. I do with, Coach KT Smith on our FFSN NFL podcast feed. We talked a lot about this crew. Uh, it was the first thing we talked about on the show, so you wouldn't have to listen to even the whole show if you don't want to. But this is the guy that botched the Detroit Lions two-point conversion with Eric Decker reporting eligible, and he's been known to make mistakes. I will say this. While there are crews that might be more flag-happy than others, it's going to be up to the Steelers to not put themselves in a position where a call whether it's controversial or not, could potentially upend their chances of winning. Do I like this? No. Do I think it's a smart decision by the league to take a guy that was just on national television last Saturday and screwed up in that game and putting him in front of a national audience again? No, this is a horrible optic. I can't stand it, but ultimately for the Steelers, they have to hope that it doesn't matter. Let's go to John Pennington. Jeff, if it comes out that Kenny Pickett wouldn't be wouldn't back up Rudolph last game, should he be allowed to travel with the team this Saturday to Baltimore? I say no. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever going to come out that that was true or whether it's 100% fiction. We, we won't know that, unfortunately. But, you know, it's one of those things where, I don't know, this is such a weird rumor for me. I think he's going to travel. I think he's going to be the QB too. And we'll see. Let's hope Mason doesn't have him uh, back out there, you know. Let's hope Mason plays well. Nathan Vance likes it. Hey, Jeff, I love the fact that no matter what, the Steelers always seem to be able to find themselves fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I think in Mike Tomlin's tenure, I've, I forget the statistics. There's only been like four games that he has coached that they have. They there's nothing on the line. It's not like, hey, we need to win and get help that – Four games, I want to say that might be the number. I could be wrong. Ossess, Dave, or Brian Davis to look it up before the Steelers preview this Thursday. But it's it's a really low number that the Steelers have had games where they're like, there's nothing to play for. Guys are just playing out the season. So, that yeah, you're right. That's There is something to be said about that. Let's go to uh, Nathan Bolig. He said, status of the Steelers quarterback room. Rudolph, number one. Pickett, number two. Trubisky, number two, but not on the depth chart. Do you think the Ravens rest their starters, or do you think they play them to try and put the final nail in the coffin of a division rival? Yeah, I don't know what John Harbaugh is going to do. I, I ask myself this. If there's a guy, if, I, if I'm putting myself in Wang Harb's shoes, which I don't like doing, if there's a guy that's banged up, that's an easy decision. So let's say Mark Andrews could potentially return for week 18. Well, you're not going to play Mark Andrews because you want to rest him for the playoffs. I don't even know if he's able to come back, but still you get my drift. The one thing about this is that 
unless Lamar Jackson says, I need to go out and play well to win an MVP. I'm not sure I want TJ Watt anywhere near Lamar Jackson. I'm not sure I want Alex Highsmith anywhere near Lamar Jackson. It only takes one hit. And that guy is their team. We've seen that in the past. So I wouldn't, I, I don't know. This is a, it's a tough decision for Harbaugh. Really tough decision for Harbaugh. Let's go to Steelers fan 69 to inject a little humor as he always does with the dad jokes. He said, what better way to celebrate two wins in a row with more dad jokes? He says for Christmas, I asked for shirts, pants, and a Cuban cigar. I got clothes, but no cigar close, but no cigar. Hope y'all get that. I had to explain that one. Next. He said, I saw a microbiologist today. He was much bigger than I expected. Love it. Thank you very much. Appreciate the jokes always. Let's go to Brian Haynes. He has a couple. He said, can you imagine if somehow the Browns go into Baltimore and Flacco beats them in the playoffs, then we go to Cleveland and beat them? It would be great. That would be great. I would love every second of it. Absolutely. Next one from Brian. What is the problem with Mason snapping? Mason Cole is what he's talking about. He's killing us with these bad snaps over the last few weeks. Is it mental? Is he scared of the defensive lineman across from him? How does he fix it? I'm not a... I'm not a snapping center expert. Uh, I do know that a lot of times if they have a, I, I remember Jeffrey Benedict talking about this, that if there was, well, this was with Kendrick green. If they have a nose tackle directly over top of them, he's so worried about getting the snap off quickly. And then his hands up to brace himself to try and move that person. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but his snapping has been an issue. We'll put it that way for sure. It's been an issue. Uh, next, Brian said, do you believe in MR2? Do you think we messed up not putting him in over, over Mitch Trubisky? I think that again, hindsight's always 2020, but for me, I'm going to say that I do. I do think Mason Rudolph can get the job done. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go with the next question. Jay Allen, how many wins do the Ravens have this year? If Mitch Trubisky, if Mitch Trubisky was their quarterback instead of Lamar, well, they have 12, I believe heading into, or no, that I think they're 13 heading into the final week. Uh, not many. We'll put it that way. Lamar Jackson's having a hell of a year, a really, really good year. Let's go to Corey Eckenroth. He's a two years in a row. Now it's taken till the end of the season to get the team quote unquote, right. Why it's not like the coaching or playbook changed much over the off season. And if anything, the quarterback room should have gotten better slash more comfy Canada or bigger issue. I think Canada was an issue. Uh, the bigger issue would be, I think, the fact that the Steelers, sometimes it just takes them a really long time to adjust. And they've taken more, they've made more drastic moves this year than I can ever remember. When you think back to, you know, I'm not talking about just Matt Canada being fired. That was unprecedented. But you have to go back to think about going to Mason Rudolph from Ms. Trubisky. That's not something Tomlin likes to do. He doesn't like those type of moves. So sometimes I think they're just a little late to pull the trigger on some of these decisions, and sometimes it bites them. Next one from Corey. Small sample size, but would you consider Sullivan and Faulkner for OC next year, or are you still swinging big for someone outside the franchise? There's no doubt the offense we saw Sunday was supposed to be what the Steelers' identity was this year. I, I get what people are saying, and I understand. I think that the Sullivan Faulkner OC could definitely earn themselves an interview, but I want, I'm looking to go elsewhere and I'm trying to think, okay, how can we get other, a fresh mind in here? Really trying to think outside the box in terms of offense. How can we get a good plan in place for the players we have now? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting this off season. Let's go to beer bottle. Happy New Year, Jeff. Happy New Year to you, too. If the Steelers get into the playoffs as a six seed, 
They travel to Kansas City. Seventh could be a trip to Buffalo. With hope springing eternal here, personally, I think we could take the Chiefs. What say you? I've said it before. The Chiefs, I've watched them a lot this year. They're not the same Chiefs. They are not the same Chiefs. If the Steelers could be a team that could continue this trajectory that they've had the last two weeks, making big plays, running the football, they would be able to beat a lot of teams in the playoffs. Doesn't mean that they would beat them, but they could. So keep that in the back of your minds. This team could be dangerous if they continue to trend in this direction. Tough one on Saturday. Let's not put the cart before the horse. Let's go to Doc M, Southside Doc. What needs to happen to build off the recent successes on the field into the next season? How do you not lose momentum unlike last year? I think that if anything, if we learned anything from last season, you know, we all talked about the rebuild. It was close to done. It regressed. We took a big step backwards. And I think it's because, uh, you know, a lot of times the status quo can be the worst thing that happens. A lot of the same players returned. Everyone was excited that the five starting offensive linemen came back, and that's great. Now, granted, they all didn't stay. Kevin Dotson goes out to L.A. Kendrick Green goes to Houston. In comes Isaac Samalo. We all know Broderick Jones gets drafted, but still, I think sometimes people get comfortable. People think that everything is kind of just, it's just the way it is. It's just how, <clears throat> it's, how it's going to work. The best thing that I think that the Steelers could do this offseason is to make players understand they got to earn it. <clears throat> Every single person has to earn their spot on the team. Nothing is given. That would be my guess. Brian Katz, bagels and bong rips, says, I'm going to assume that you believe the Steelers are as all in on Mitch for the future of the franchise after this season, despite whatever happens. Is this true? And if so, what moves do you think they will make with their current quarterbacks and to obtain a future quarterback? So Mitch is gone after this year. I think the, they'll they'll take the they'll eat the money and he's going to be cut. Whether he's a June designation, don't know, don't care, but I don't think he's going to be back. I think they're going to try to keep Mason Rudolph. The question is, does Mason Rudolph want to come back? Does he view this as an opportunity? Is it going to be an open competition? We shall see. I think they are going to go out. I think they are going to look for a free agent. And I, I think maybe I don't know about draft. I haven't even looked into the draft. I haven't even looked. Don't want to say anything. <clears throat> excuse me all right let's go to james happy new year jeff minus pittsburgh still having to win out which scenario for them making the playoffs are you most and least confident will happen all right so the scenario that i'm most confident will happen is actually the buffalo bills losing on sunday night football the least confident is the jaguars losing to the titans i would love nothing more than for the jaguars to lose at one o'clock on sunday me not having to stay up and watching Sunday night football really late to see if the Steelers get in or not. I don't want that. So therefore I'm hoping for the best. And maybe that one o'clock game is the upset we're all looking for. Let's go to Lou, uh, our better. He said, happy new year to you and yours. Hypothetical for you. Congrats. You are now the new owner and GM of the Steelers. Wow. All decisions are yours, but you must keep Tomlin because there's no way they get rid of him. So why debate it? Who is your new OC next year and your top draft needs? So for offensive coordinator, I'm going to try and think outside the box here. I'm going to try and get someone that's, I'm not keen on the, the Byron Leftwich stuff. Uh, just not interested in that. Some people have said Brian Greasy has Ken Dorsey's a name. I, I'm going to say that the offensive coordinator stuff is something I'm going to dive into a lot more specifically once the season's over. The draft needs, top draft need, center. After that, cornerback. After that, tackle. 
Those are my top three. And those could be shuffled, but that's probably the order I go with. Center, cornerback, tackle. All right, let's go to Brandon Balduk. I hope I said that correctly. He said, seeing Nick Herbig's success despite limited snaps, why they don't get him on the field more. I know you don't want to take TJ or Alex off, but maybe find a way to incorporate all three in some sub packages. Happy New Year. And then he uses hashtag Elm Grove represent Brandon. So I grew up. He lives there now. I was I was back there for Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I, I talked about Nick Herbig getting two defensive snaps earlier in the show. I'd love to find a way to get him on the field more. You know what's interesting is people forget this. Early in TJ Watt's career, they used him in some inside linebacker looks where he would actually be standing over the center at times and he'd play coverage. If Herbig has that skill set, I'd love to see him try it, especially with your inside linebacker room the way that it is. Steelers 419. Do you think Kenny looming at quarterback two will affect Rudolph's production? Possibly make him a little more gun shy? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I think Mason Rudolph, if he was a younger guy, maybe it's his year six in the league for him. He's been through the ringer with the Steelers. He, if anything, he's going to go out and say, I'm just going to have to sling it. Just going to keep playing with house money. And I'm fine with that. David Briggs says, do you think people that just throw things out for clicks like Mark Madden get fined by the NFL? Players get fined for illegal hits. Why shouldn't reporters who make up fake reports do the same? Well, free press, man. I mean, you're allowed to say or write whatever you want, or you should be able to. It's up to everyone else to disseminate whether it's fact or fiction. So in this case, no, I don't think anyone should get fined or anything like that. You should be able to disseminate whether what you're reading is true or false and then adjust accordingly. So let's go to Brian Katz again. He said, how much stock do you put into the KP8 refusing to be the backup in week 17 narrative? Not much at all, if any. I just don't. I just don't buy it. Ed Halinski says, well, do the Steelers finish the regular season deal and make the playoffs? I think they finished the deal. I think they beat the, the Ravens. And yeah, I do think they get the help. I think they get in as a seven seed. I think they get in as a seven seed. Let's go to Corey. He said, so we're all Mason Rudolph guys now, huh? Who would have thunk it's 2024 is off to a weird start. Go Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with whoever is going to help the Steelers win. If it was Pickett, pick, sure, Pickett. If it's Rudolph, sure. Trubisky, not really buying that, but sure. So, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy start to the year. Terrence Sullivan asks, who deserves most blame for Mason being third on the depth chart? Sullivan, Tomlin, possibly Canada? I think it has everything to do with the, the organization's decision to pay Mitch what they did. And they don't want to – they're all about optics, man. They don't want it to look bad. Stephen Morey says, Mason said he didn't get much from Ben during his tenure. Seems to me that doesn't appear to be 100% true. Watching Mason throw that pass to Pickens, the pretty one, look dead on like a Ben pass. What are your thoughts on this? You know, Ben Roethlisberger has said on his podcast that he tried to mentor Mason and Mason didn't want anything to do with it. And Mason said that Ben didn't have any, didn't want anything but mentoring him. And I don't, I don't know who's right or who's wrong. I do know Ben made those comments on the radio. Why did they take this guy? We could have used that pick on someone that's going to actually help the team win. If I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm like, dude, who, what are you saying? Like, what, what is going on here? That's something that that's probably a relationship that'll never be mended. Justin Glenn, the defensive backups seem to be playing on a higher level than some of the starters they replaced. Maybe it's just me, but Rose Sullivan and Jack and crew have been huge parts of the great defensive efforts. Why do you think they look better with backups with the backups in the Steelers? He's talking about in my opinion, Sometimes when you have backups in the game, you have to coach better. You can't rely on players like Mika Fitzpatrick to go out and make those crazy plays and bail you out. You have to make sure that the plan is 
perfect. And that's what it looks like. It looks like the last two weeks, the plan has been really, really good on defense. So if that's what it takes, that's fine. I would hope that when Minka comes back, that the plan would continue to be great, but we'll see. Leo Alana says, how confident do you feel we'll make it to the playoffs? I'd probably say about 65% right now. Uh, that could fluctuate up to 70. We'll see. Uh, Steelers fan, uh, I can't read that one. Steelers fan 69 sent another joke. You want to read it, go to the Twitter post and you can read it yourself. <laughs> it was funny though. And let's go to the last one. MDibs24, favorite gift to date. Wasn't Sex Panther Brian Anthony Davis's 2 a.m. nickname? That's a, I, I think it might have been. He said, real question. How do you feel about Levi Wallace in the past few games? Feels like he has been more solid. Levi Wallace is a tough nut to crack for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, Levi Wallace is definitely a guy who has struggled at times. He can't be that every down cornerback. That's just not him. He's the guy more that's more like uh, coming in sub package. I always think about the Shea Townsend play inside outside. Don't rely on him, on him as much. So they've been able to use Chandon Sullivan in certain spots, but when Adrian Peterson, not Adrian Peterson, good Lord, Patrick Peterson had to be flexed out to, to safety. Well, that put Levi Wallace in the spotlight. He still gets picked on. He's playing a little better, marginally better. We'll put it that way. All right. That does it for the mailbag. Y'all did a great job. Thank you for the questions, the thoughtful questions. I hope everyone's new year's off to a great start. And I hope that you're ready for this weekend. I'm going to be back on Friday. Uh, talking with hopefully some behind enemy lines. Already put some feelers out there about that. So hopefully we get that lined up, uh, as well as Jeremy Jerome Betts is hopeful to join us again for the regular season finale. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check out Steel Curtain Network, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, also check us out on YouTube, Steel Curtain Network on YouTube. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're everywhere. Also, make sure you check out SteelCurtainNetwork.com and FansForSports.com. Some really great content going there. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Let's do it.